Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm Jacob Barr. I'm here with Kelly, and we're talking about the Shreveport Center and how she has been called by God and brought, you know, essentially about her story and journey to help run this center. And we're looking at some of the fingerprints that God has left along this journey as he has led her and brought her into this space. And now we're asking those who are listening to see if they can help too. Kelly, I am so glad to have you on the podcast today. Would you would you share who you are um, as if you were talking to, let's say, a, a, a pregnancy clinic executive director or maybe someone in the pro-life community looking to support pregnancy clinic directors? Sure. So um, my name is Kelly Christian, and I just took over a pregnancy center uh, well, about a year and a half ago um, in, Shre- in Shreveport, obviously, which is uh, a big city where we have one of the largest abortion clinics, um, where it's one of the only two abortion clinics in Louisiana. Um, so it's definitely a kind of at times a scary task because, um, you know, we do get a lot of abortion minded women. Um, but, you know, we're also, uh, we're just out there in the middle of this fight and we're just looking to get others that are in the pro-life community to kind of just show us their support and, and help us in this big task that we're trying to accomplish. So, so tell me about where, where exactly is your clinic and how close are you to the nearest Planned Parenthood and how does this connect with like the neighboring states and the new laws that are in play? Sure. Um, so we are probably about 10 minutes from the Hope Medical Clinic, which is the abortion uh, clinic in Shreveport. Um, and we are also about 30 minutes from the state line of Texas. So what's happening is we are uh, the abortion clinic in Shreveport actually increased in abortion numbers last year by 420. Um, that was before the Texas law went in effect, the heartbeat bill. So now they went from having abortions every three days a week to what I've heard is seven days a week. They're open every day. And we are seeing lots of license plates from Texas. So we know a lot of these girls that are in Texas are now just coming over to Shreveport for their abortions. So, and then we also are very close to Arkansas. So we actually get women from Texas, from Arkansas, um, all of the neighboring states, they kind of pull into Shreveport. Okay, so you're in Louisiana, and and it looks like some people might be coming from like the da- the greater Dallas area, or maybe even yes. the greater Houston area. Sometimes is that yes. okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, one more clinic down south Louisiana. Um, they do get a lot of women from South Texas, but we still see a lot of them coming up here because the schedules are so full. It's hard for them to get in down there. So, um, so yeah, we're getting them from all over. And when did you, uh, when did this role, this new, this new role for you at your clinic start? So as I mentioned about a year and a half ago, I was approached actually by somebody on the sidewalk out at the abortion clinic. Um, she was volunteering for a pregnancy center here in Shreveport and she was driving over about an hour and a half away to come in and help direct this center. And um, she just couldn't do it. She was just filling in for that month. And so she actually called me about a month later and said she'd been praying for somebody to come in and help. And she thought of me. So 
Um, at the time, I thought there's no way I have time for that. I'm a homeschooling mom. We're planting a church. We're about an hour away from Shreveport, actually. And but I thought, hey, this is my heart. This is my passion. You know, I've been praying about how I can give back to God. Um, and anyway, so I said, yeah, I'd love to help. Well, I didn't know it was going to be taking over a center completely. <laughs> and at the time, I also didn't know that the ministry we were currently under was going to end up having to pull out and we were going to have to completely start over. And that's kind of where we're at today. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell me about that heart and passion that you had that you, that you were, that was driving you to pray about how you can get involved. Tell me about that story. Great. So these girls mean a lot to me because of my history. Um, I actually uh, kind of have a familiar story with most of the women that I meet. Um, I'm now, you know, 40. So, but back when I was a teenager, by the time I was 13, I was on drugs. Um, we lived on the welfare system. I um, have experienced the pain uh, and regret of having a chemical abortion myself. Um, I was 19, though, when I met the Lord. Um, and I was pregnant. And, you know, I always tell my girls, you know, when you're pregnant, it's a time where you're sensitive and you're more tender to the Lord's calling and dealings with you. And so, you know, a lot of these women, they find themselves very vulnerable when they're pregnant and um, they feel like they failed so many times, how God could ever forgive them. You know, they're just, their life is a waste. And, you know, I'm able to give them my testimony and able to share my story with them. And we've seen lives change. We actually just had a girl um, through that testimony, give her life back to, to Jesus. She had been raised with a little bit of uh, knowledge of the Lord and in church uh, by her adopted mother. And she prayed through to salvation and um, decided to keep her baby. Um, so anyway, back to your question is, you know, I had been praying because I, you know, I had just opened up to my family um, my husband, of course, knew my history, but my children didn't. And the Lord had laid it on my heart to share my test, to share my story with them and tell them what I'd done and ask for their forgiveness because I had robbed them of a sibling, you know, and of course they were very, you know, gracious and, and loving and, and all of that. And so this all kind of came about at the same time. So I felt like it was God showing me that he could take what I had, you know, gone through and use it for his glory and turn it around. Awesome. Yeah. And when it comes to like, you know, you know, how, you know, uh, you know, the greatest sinner that kind of, or, you know, how could God forgive me this morning? I was listening to my, my Bible, um, not reading, just listening. <laughs> and, and the part that was, that was on in Acts, it was talking about Saul and how he was, um, going after followers of Jesus. And then, and then talking about his, the road to Damascus and how he converted, but before he converted, he was, you know, literally, you know, persecuting and chasing down believers. And so, and I think all of us have a story of how we don't, you know, we, we don't deserve God's, God's grace. And so I think you're in very, you know, very friendly territory with, you know, having that, having those thoughts and, and, and God being, God's grace being just remarkably amazing. Um, so, so when it comes to driving an hour to, to work <laughs> and trying to start a clinic, that seems like an uphill battle. Like, like literally that sounds like you're driving, you know, you're having to go uphill both ways to the snow. Like that sounds like a hard way to get, you know, to try and start a new venture. How, how are you making that work? How is that uh, playing when it comes to living an hour away? 
Well, we're used to it really. Honestly, my husband lives, works up there as well. So, um, we're kind of just out in the country in a small town. And so we were used to that before we moved here to plant a church, we were, we lived down by Baton Rouge and we were an hour North of Baton Rouge in a little bitty small town. So we were used to driving, you know, then, so it's something that we do and we just do it for the Lord. You know, um, we're open three days a week. So ideally I don't have to go every day, which is, you know, kind of nice, but, um, but yeah, we just make it work. It's just part of it and we're used to it. So, wow. So you're, and you're within how many minutes of the plant of the abortion clinic in the, in Shreveport? Probably, probably 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And then you're how many minutes away from Texas? About 30 minutes, 30 minutes from Texas. Wow. So that's, and, and so you're the closest pregnancy clinic to this sounds like a large abortion clinic next to Texas, right? Um, yes, there is another center um, that is in Shreveport. Um, and uh, we work alongside with them a lot. Um, but yeah, there, there's us and there's also them. Um, okay. So a lot of times we're working on the days that they're closed. So we kind of do alternate uh, days and we kind of, I send people to them or they'll send people to us that sort of thing. So, um, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great benefit for me because, um, you know, I've never done this before. I've never worked in a nonprofit before and, uh, they've been, they've been awesome to kind of help show me the ropes and help me along. So, Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of like treating other pregnancy clinics sort of like we're all members of a giant pro-life team and we're, we're, right. comp we're, we're competing against, the abortion clinic team and we're it's good to help out teammates with you know right. ideas and resources when when that's potentially lining up with our mission our you know our overall group mission um so tell me the story of how you were called or how you felt you know how how your prayer life and the the opportunity to help with this pregnancy clinic in Shreveport tell us the story of how that played out yeah, so basically, like I said, um, the, a lady named Cheryl had approached me about volunteering. And um, so once I had agreed to that and kind of they had me hooked, <laughs> that's what I said, you tricked me. Um, but once I was in there, you know, they this center was being ran by uh, basically me and one other person. And, um, but, you know, I couldn't walk away. It was like every time I would think, I can't do this. This is more than I bargained for. The Lord would just tell me, you know, don't walk away. Don't close the door that I've opened. And um, we just felt like we were kind of spinning our wheels at, at times. We had a little bitty house, a ministry house um, on the back of a church property. And um, I had asked to for approval to move because I had found a medical facility. I found a doctor that was willing to lease a medical facility to us. It was a gorgeous facility for about the same amount of what we were paying in rent to the church. And we were wanting to target abortion-minded women. And so what was happening is these girls were coming to the church property, seeing this little house in the back, and they were scared to go back there, and they'd just turn away. And we were losing girls. And that was just killing me. And, um, but I got denied, but I prayed and I was discouraged at first, but the Lord just kind of said, hang on. And in February of last of this year, we had a terrible freeze and our pipes burst and it flooded the entire building. And so I got my approval for my new building. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
so God worked it out. Um, he did a great miracle there, moving on the heart of the uh, ministry. And so we moved and then we hit another hurdle in June. Uh, we were told that our funding was going to be lost and um, nothing that we could do to, you know, to, to avoid it. It was just one of those political things. And um, they asked us if we wanted, they said, basically, you can try to keep paying for everything yourself or, uh, but we don't have any money for you. So um, I knew God told me at that moment, but prior to that, God said, do not close the door that I have opened. And my family mm. personally, and another pastor's wife in Shreveport, her family, we both agreed that we would um, kind of keep things floating financially as long as we could ourselves. And we didn't want to close it down. We, we wanted to keep things going. So we started our own uh, nonprofit, our own ministry. We began working on that. We were only closed for one month and had our insurance and everything up and running by September. And we've been open ever since. And we just saw a report. I think we've serviced a hundred and uh, I can't remember, but it averaged out to be about 30 women a month. Wow. We reopened. So it was, I think it was actually, I said a hundred, I think it was 77. So, so yeah, we've got these girls that we've been working with. Um, it didn't stop us. Um, the enemy has definitely fought at times, but God is definitely greater. And, um, we do offer parenting and prenatal classes as well. So, um, we have several women that have chosen life. And then we have the ones that do continue on in our center, they'll take uh, virtual parenting classes and prenatal classes. They earn baby bucks and they're able to buy diapers and wipes and baby clothes. We have donors that send in items that they're able to buy from the boutique rooms. Wow. So I, I love, I love that quote that you, or the, what you said, you heard from God that you know, don't close. Don't, was it like, don't close the door that I opened? Is that what, yes. is that what you heard? Yes, so yes. just out of, I, I love asking, how did you, how did you hear that? Was it like in your prayer life? Was it through someone saying something uh, inspired by God or how did that come about? Well, I was actually at my partner, the uh, lady that has kind of been by my side through all of this. When I was praying um, for God to send someone else to take over the center when I first started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She came along in my life and uh, we were kind of out here with nobody, right? Our family moved out here. Um, it's just our family. We're pioneering, starting with nobody. And um, we met the, the, these people at this church in Shreveport. And so we started fellowshipping with them. And anyway, she said, I've been praying about helping at a pregnancy center like this and doing this kind of work. And I said, well, I've been praying for God to send someone to do it. And so, um, so anyway, she said, but I don't want to take over. So I realized then, well, God didn't send her to take over. He sent her to work alongside me. So we were actually at their church. They had a, a special meeting one night and um, I was actually down on the altar praying and just crying out to God and telling God, you know, this is more than I can handle. I'm not qualified for this. Um, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and this is way over my head. And, you know, I was really ready to just say, okay, I, you know, someone else can do this. And, um, that's when I felt the Lord speak to my heart and mm -hmm. in prayer, just, and tell me very clearly, you know, it wasn't an audible voice necessarily, but I know what he spoke to my heart and yeah. I knew that he wasn't going to let me walk away. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've, when hearing God's voice, I usually think of it as like, it's like a small, still voice in my head. That's not right. audible, maybe for someone else to hear, but that's, that's, I've, I've experienced, yeah, experienced that as well, where it's, um, 
you know, and then the words match the character of God. And I think, yeah. And then just sort of don't close the door that I open. Just sound that's, that sounds like God. I mean, that's, that sounds like his voice. Amen. Um, so anyway, that's just, that's amazing. That's a really good, that's an, a beautiful, a beautiful backstory to how you were brought in to this work or how God has been, yeah, bringing you in. And it's important um, too, I think, because, you know, uh, something I learned a long time ago in ministry is if you're doing something and you don't have that assurance uh, in your journey that you know God sent you to do it, you're going to quit. You're going to give up because there's going to be pressures and the enemy's going to fight. But if you know you're doing something and you know, you know God's in it, all things are possible with God. It's not with man, but it is with God. So, yeah, that's that's true. So tell us about the, the current the you know the financial state the the financial need um how you guys have managed financially so far what's what's that financial world look like for shreveport pregnancy clinic sure so it, that's been a struggle but again you know um god comes through always um just in time uh we just had our first event uh in uh october we had a, a sing for life benefit we we're church Sing for girl. life. That's a new idea. <laughs> Different. Yeah. <laughs> We're church girls. So having a big banquet or anything like that is just, it was way intimidating for me. So I said, you know, actually it was uh, Sonia, my partner's idea. She said, let's have a singing. Let's just have a church singing and get all the people we know, invite them, invite the community. Um, there's a park where we had it outside. They have a big platform and a huge lawn and the weather was perfect. Um, we were able to invite everyone in the community out. We didn't have a huge turnout, but we were able to raise um, a little over $4,000. And uh, that was you know, great because we didn't have any overhead costs really. Um, so that was a, a blessing. And it was a great way that we could um, honor the Lord and what we were doing and kind of get our feet wet a little bit in fundraising. But um, but up until that point, honestly, my family and her family have just kind of carried the load of the center. And we have about $2,000 a month in operational costs that we have to cover from our rent to our utilities and, you know, the bare minimum. Um, so really branching out into stuff that we really need to start doing, which is the marketing, um, you know, things like signs, stuff like that. We haven't really kind of dove off into that real deep because we're just trying to take it that's another thing I felt the Lord tell me one step at a time and so that's what we've been doing up until this point we've just been kind of taking our own resources that we have and piecing it together um, as cost effectively as we could but we definitely uh, we definitely need help and we've had some of our churches that we're associated with they're mostly smaller churches but people around several different states have been able to donate, especially like the items for our boutique room, um, things like that. So, you know, we've had some help, but we definitely have need. Yeah. And it, it sounds like you're effectively in a, you know, at the beginning stage with the, you know, with the, with you branching out from the previous parent company or parent organization, um, you're at the beginning stage of, of building a donor base of building you know, of, of essentially finding a way to cover these, these expenses that, that come with running a pregnancy center. Um, and as you, yeah, there's all sorts of expenses needed based on all these new things starting, even though the parent organization sounds like it was there for a long time, but you're now you're a group that's been, that's come out, it sounds like, and you have a lot of new expenses that are not, well, it'd be nice to find a way to cover them and then grow into where you need to be. 
Yeah, yeah. One of our big goals is we want to um, convert to medical uh, so we can do the ultrasounds. That's a big need. We all know that that makes a big difference um, when a woman is choosing life. Um, right now, we kind of work with the other center and, and try to do that on the days they have it available, but we need that at our center on the alternate days. So that's a big goal for us. Um, but, you know, like I said, I know God said one step at a time and we're getting there. So so how have you found encouragement or where have you seen God's fingerprints when it comes to the, the financial difficulties or the financial um, challenges? Um, well, I, just seeing God's people come together, the few that we have, you know, that's one thing that I'm very uncomfortable with, um, probably the most in all of this. And I think I shared that with you before is, you know, I'm just the type of person that I'd rather just go out and find a way to make money and do it myself. But there's just no way I can do it all myself and trying to learn that and being able to give some of that financial load to others so they can answer their calling and being able to give and do their yeah. part and wrapping my mind around that, that this is it for me. This is for God. It's for his kingdom and it's for his work. And it's for those girls that need our help. You know, the Christian community, the pro-life community, we can make a difference. And, um, we can't all do it in the same way, but everybody has different gifts, abilities, and callings. Yeah, and someone listening, it may, it may be their calling, or someone listening, and maybe, you know, God may be pushing them to refer this, this podcast and this message to someone they know who may need to hear this. And, you know, God calls us each to do different things or do a variety of things. And one of those things might be to donate to the Shreveport Princey Center and helping you with these, you know, this seed money that you need for building things. And then some of these, you know, financial needs that you have as an ongoing expense. Um, and so, so essentially that's sort of what motivated us to do this podcast was to make a call for inviting people to, you know, to inquire of God, if they're being called to help, to help assist with this, or possibly to then share this with, someone who may also possibly be called. Um, not that we're asking someone just to donate, but really we're asking people to inquire of God if they're if God is saying, yes, you should help this group as because it feels like God's behind behind this push and this setup. And it also feels like you're uniquely positioned at the edge of heartbeat. I mean, uh, uh, the heartbeat bill with Texas and in the edge of Texas. And then there's a huge, huge amount of traffic that's coming those directions because the people in Texas that are abortion minded, um, I, I, a lot of those abortion minded women are driving to the edge of Texas uh, more so than just feeling like they're landlocked. I think a lot of women are driving. And so your group is competing for that closest one of the closest abortion clinics on the edge of texas and so there's but going back to just the, the donation concept is i would encourage those who are listening to pray and ask god you know what you know what would, what would you have me do god and and then yeah and if you're called by god to do something then i would encourage you to to listen to that some you know listen and and follow um and uh so yeah um so this might be a good time for, so, so Kelly, would you, would you mind, you know, praying for those who are listening to hear God's voice on this and just, or somehow, pr you know, pray what you, what you feel led to pray in regards to this, you know, topic and need. Sure. 
Yeah, sure. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to come together with uh, Jacob and with the uh, the uh, Pro-Life podcast here. And for those that are listening, God, I thank you for them. And I thank you, Lord, that um, you would give us this opportunity to be able to come together to discuss something that that you care deeply about, God. Your heart is for these children that unborn and for the mothers that are carrying them and these families that are affected by abortion. And um, God, I pray that you would just help us all to do our part. I pray, Lord, that you would move on the hearts of the listeners. God, that you would speak to their heart as you've spoken to mine, that they could answer a call, um, that whatever the call would be that you would have for them in their life, uh, that they would be able to fulfill that. And um, God, we just ask that you would help us to come together as believers and, and uh, God, that we would be able to make a difference in the, this world and the difference of uh, the women and the um, children and the lives that we um, are called to, to help. And um, I just thank you, God, and I know that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory, and that you are faithful. You have never failed, and you never will. And we thank you for that, and we, um, we just praise you for this, this time and this opportunity. And we ask that you would just have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tell me about, so your husband, he, he works in Shreveport as well. So have you been able to carpool with him for that hour drive? With both of you working and commuting in Shreveport, or do you drive separately because you're on different schedules? Yeah, sometimes we do. Um, not not always, though. Sometimes we're on a little bit of a different schedule. He has to stay later, or um, you know, I want to get home sooner, and I want to wait on him. So <laughs> a lot of times we'll take our own our own vehicle. And actually, the part where actually where our center is, um, it may be about 45, 50 minutes. So yeah, not quite an okay. hour. <laughs> but yeah, uh, downtown Shreveport's closer to about an hour from us. But, but yeah, we're just used to it. So we don't always carpool. We sometimes we take two vehicles. So, and and who have you found to be an encouragement or a, you know a really big help along this journey when it comes to taking on this new role? Well, definitely my family. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning. I, uh, I homeschool, have a 12 year old. And, um, so, you know, he's made some sacrifices. We moved here and moved away from everything we knew and everyone we knew. And so that was a big sacrifice for him. And then he's having to give up part of his mom, you know, or he's used to having me all the time and my husband as well. Um, you know, it, there's definitely a cost that they're having to pay as well. And so first and foremost, you know, they have been a great support because the times where I did feel like maybe I don't need to do this. And I mentioned that to them, they'd say, no, you can't quit, you know? And so I'm mm. thankful for that. And I'm also thankful for, for Sonia. She, like I said, she, God sent her um, right in time because I couldn't have gone through with uh, what we've done, you know, without her answering the call herself and helping and coming alongside and, and, you know, telling me, Hey, we can do this. You know, when I say, well, they're not going to be able to support us anymore. We can try to keep the center going ourselves." And she said, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, didn't even hesitate. <laughs> so I, I'm thankful for that. And, and those that have prayed for us, because we know prayer is really um, the most important weapon we have. So. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when you hear that, when you hear God's voice on something or you feel his leaning, yeah, all that confidence, like you said, the confidence is provided as a result of that 
at that direction. And so I think that is, that's huge for when it comes to having confidence and where to spend time and effort and in which direction to go. Um, so that's, that's amazing. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up or what are your final thoughts? Um, well, I don't know, just that, uh, we, we appreciate everyone's prayers. Um, even if, you know, you're called, not called to help in a financial way, we can all pray and, um, you know, we can never have enough prayer. So, (laughs) oh, that's good. (laughs) So, yeah, I, and I, and I, you know, I do feel that I have friends that actually came in, um, from another state one week, right before our, we had our events and things were just kind of crazy that week. And we had lots of clients coming in and these ladies were up there and they didn't really know what to do at the center to help because they were just there for a couple of days, but they stayed in the building and they were praying. And that week we just had a major breakthrough with these girls. It was like every woman coming in would break down crying and they were so open to the gospel. Mm. And you can just feel a difference when you know, people are really praying for you. Um, there's, there's uh, a lift, there's a spiritual, um, liberty that's given in the center. And, uh, so prayer is key. And so that is, we, we appreciate that so much. Well, we definitely appreciate every, anyone that hears this. If, you know, if you take a moment and, and lift up the Shreveport team and, and prayer, it, that would be, that'd be, that would, that would be coveted and appreciated and loved. And so thank you. If you would do that, that'd be wonderful. So thank you, Kelly, for being on this. I hope that this will help um, help with the, this financial. This is the first time we've done a, a fundraiser podcast, but this and mixing it with God's fingerprints and, and sharing encouraging stories. Um, and, and also it's very relevant to the, to the world that we're all looking at when it comes to the, 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 the legal law side of the U.S., when it comes to the heartbeat bill and here we have the um, Roe versus Wade currently in the Supreme Court looking to be changed on the federal level, which is going to affect more states. And so I just pray that people will, will hear this and, and look to see how they can help um, help Shreveport. Just like you're driving 45 plus minutes, um, someone from a different state could, could, help, um, could help support this pro-life team clinic or center now, maybe eventually a clinic. Um, to yeah to help you know, help grow towards being medical and so on and help with the all these marketing expenses these signage pieces there's all sorts of things that but you like you said one thing at a time uh that's the way to that's what's one way to look at it without being overwhelmed and so that's that's good and also i just want to um one of the things that you were saying in the beginning was like you felt like you were maybe underqualified at times and there is this one, there's one quote that said, it goes, um, when something's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. The idea that if it's worth doing, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to go through years of training. It's, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing now, even if you make mistakes. And that's, so, so something that's worth doing. So if God, you know, gives direction and it's worth doing, it's worth doing at your very best, even if your very best is at the beginning of a learning curve and you're, you'll grow over time, it's still worth doing if it's worth doing. And so um, I would encourage you to, you know, th- those, those mistakes are part of a learning curve and we all have to go down, you know, down that road of learning how to do things. And, um, and I always encourage you that it's definitely worth doing. And so it's worth going through those hardships and 
and um, and recovering from you know mishaps as they show up because that's part of the journey. (laughs) Well, that's what I've learned, you know, just to humble myself and um, you know keep moving forward, and that's what God's told me. And you know, many times He said, you know, I don't qualify or I don't call the qualified; I qualify the called. And, you know, just as a simple story as David and Goliath, you know, God has used that in my life so many times when I see something too big for me, you know, and um, God will, you know, remind me, can I not take a little shepherd boy with nothing but a stone and kill a giant? Don't you think I can do this too? And, you know, I'm like, yes, Lord, you can. I know you can. So with God, all things are possible. And he continues to remind us that and show us that. And, he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and um, the small things, the mighty. So uh, I'm thankful for that. And I'm, I'm willing, as I told him, when I begin this journey, you know, here I, I am, Lord, it's just me. You know what I am, you know what I have, but I'll give what I have to you. Oh, yeah. That, and humility is such a key ingredient too, for being, you know, essentially being ready to, 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 to work within God's work that he's called you to do. I think that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm.